Welcome to Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast about how mental health shows up in real life. Each episode provides direction for listeners to take steps towards a healthier mind. I'm your host and licensed marriage and family therapist, Justin Lewis. Today's episode features yoga instructor Ashley Sheets. Ashley has been a trained instructor since 2012 and not only teaches yoga, but is also trained in CrossFit as a coach, sports nutrition trainer, and also a personal trainer. Ashley is also certified as a massage therapist. In the interview, we focus primarily on yoga. Ashley talks about how she was first introduced to yoga and how it helped her as a youth. We discuss how the mindfulness of it compares to cognitive behavioral therapy and cover how it doesn't take expert ability to gain from the practice of yoga. Before we start the interview, I need to tell you this real quick. Mapping Healthy Minds podcast is sponsored by Compass Counseling. We all have mental health and taking care of it can't wait. You can learn more about Compass Counseling or book an appointment online at www.compasscounseling.com. Compass offers online counseling and in-person counseling in Paducah, Henderson, and Owensboro, Kentucky. Here is my interview with Ashley Sheets. Have you done yoga yet today? Yes, I taught this morning. You taught this morning. Do you do yoga every day? Um, not every day. Well, do I? Yes, because yoga is a lifestyle. So I try to do it every day in that <laughs> sense. Um, there's eight limbs to yoga. So the actual postures are only one part of the practice. So as far as postures go every day, I'm not necessarily doing a full hour long class, but gotcha. if something's hurting or needs some love in my body, then I try to do a few stretches real quick so in that way i'm You're trying to do pra- it every day yeah yoga yeah, yeah it's okay. just practice yeah i um have tried yoga a few times and i was going to get into this a little bit later as part of my question but here i am i've started now so why stop right i just can't do it very well I'm just not good. Uh, multiple classes I've been in with different teachers, I know they're talking about me because they're like, you know, everybody just needs to focus on doing what uh, you just whatever you can do is going to be all right. Don't try to do the whole position. I'm like, I know you're talking about my lack of flexibility right now and trying to make me feel better. Or like the whole, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. So just focus on yourself because I'm like looking at everybody else like, what are they doing? Yeah. I forgot yeah. how to do this. My arm's not there. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife used to talk me into it. Um, like she would, I would not do it for a while because I would get frustrated and she'd be like, hey, yeah. do yoga. And I would like forget about how last time I was there, I was frustrated. <laughs> and then like halfway through the class, I was like, oh yeah, this is why I haven't been in months. Um, yeah. PTSD comes back. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'd only generally only do like the easy Jenny's class, the restorative mm-hmm. class, which is basically the easiest. Yeah, it's nice. It's like a guided nap. That's what I like to call it. I love it. And I still suck. So that just shows you my flexibility. I've never been able to like touch my toes or anything. Yeah. So when you say you're not good at it, Uh it is just being bendy is what you're talking about. That's probably, I mean, that's being good at yoga, right? Is being flexible. 
yes part of it so like i said there's like eight limbs there's a lot of you know yoga is not a religion it's a lifestyle it's a practice and being flexible on and off your mat is what we try to teach so that's being graceful towards yourself and like okay well self-compassion would be good for yeah me, for me it sounds like yeah 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 and it's like coming to that place where you're like okay what does my practice look like like because that that i think is there's many hurdles when you start the practice but that's one of the first ones is trying to zone everybody out and mm -hmm. really form this bubble around your mat to where you're only thinking about your breath and the way these different postures feel if you're mm -hmm. doing postures um but it's it's different for everybody and every day is different that you go into yoga and each side of your body is different. So that flexibility isn't just flexible enough to touch your toes. That flexibility is enough to be like, okay, ego today is not the day and that's okay. You yeah, know, right. today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and that's going to be enough. And yeah. I think because of, my thought process as someone else out there probably thinks the same way where you can benefit from yoga, even if you can't stand on your head. Oh yeah. Basically. The, yeah. yeah. The breath alone is marvelous. Like one of my other hats I wear um, is I'm newly a doula and that is a birth coach. And uh -huh. so if you think about Lamaze back in the day, which they don't really teach that anymore, but the, the breath work, um, just that aspect of yoga, being able to control your breath. And mm -hmm. for, for me, it's, we have the saying in the yoga world as a practitioner, you're not there because you have it all figured out. You're usually there because you're pretty messed up <laughs> and <laughs> life, life brought you yoga and it's helped you and that spoke to you and you want to help other people in that way. That is definitely one way that we, our professions are alike. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> Similar thread there. So you're like, okay, yeah. maybe I can help somebody get through this. So for me, I found yoga as a teenager and I was having crazy panic attacks all the time. Uh -huh. And I remember like learning how to breathe and like slow down and we teach like square breathing and different techniques that'll stop a panic attack. You know, we do alternate nostril breath and mm -hmm. things like that, that you're learning how to be in control of your body. So in these moments that you feel very out of control of your emotions, of your breath, of your physical feeling, it's a, it's grounding. And that term you hear it thrown around a lot in yoga mm -hmm. is because those out of control moments, you know how to stop and bring yourself back and back to like a homeostasis, like just a, you know, that mm -hmm. neutral place baseline. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To bring it back. And that looks different for everybody, for somebody that might be standing on their head, but for somebody else that might be laying flat on their back and just taking deep mm -hmm. breaths, you know, so yoga in Western culture is very the Lululemon, the, you know, with your latte. I mean, we are, there's so much satire about it, but. Yeah. I was going to ask, kind of ask a question about that, but I'll let you finish your thought first. Yeah. It just that it's, I, I think 
and there are boutique bougie kind of yoga places mm -hmm. and that's part of each person's journey is finding a studio and finding a teacher that they connect with and that's mm -hmm. aligned with their intention so what is mm -hmm. your intention for yoga if your intention for yoga is just to be able to touch your toes you know if you carve yeah. out the workspace and time we can get you there eventually but you know it's like what what are you wanting from it right yeah they the yoga teachers that i've been to have always started with that question like what think about what your intention is and i'm just like i kind of just don't want to feel like an idiot after this next 45 minutes but yeah <laughs> i really need yeah. to do a better job i think of just making it about um having that one piece of control that i can have in that moment it sounds like and grounding and being able to kind of block some things out because it really does present as a way to um you know boost mental health and that's what this is about is that this is about yeah. this podcast is about is what this interview is ultimately going to be about most of all um so getting around that defeatist attitude you know, this is the, the first step, I think, to that. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes a while. I think it's like riding a bike. You know, when you first start riding as a kid, you're like, where do my feet go? Where am I? Where are my hands? Where's the brake? It's all, it's yeah. all that, like, True. or the first time you roller skated or whatever it was. And yoga is kind of the same way because you're like, okay, where's my left foot go? Where's this arm go? What is she doing? Where's my shoulder? <laughs> but after you do it enough times, mm -hmm. you that goes away, just like riding a bike. You don't think about those things anymore after you've rode a bike so many times. So that's why it's a practice. There's no end. There's no finish line. You just, each time is you settle into to who you are in this flow a little bit more and a little bit more. But it does take time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess even you at one point mm -hmm. were not able to do all the positions that oh, yeah. you can. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. Especially starting being... as a teenager, I would think. Yeah. You're kind of, teenagers are generally impatient with things. So I can imagine even you had those barriers to get around when it comes to, my, yeah. why am I standing on my head yet or whatever? Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> and even now, like my personality, like I teach 101 classes, but I teach a hot, class a hot yoga power flow which is like the most intense we're doing push-ups and lunges and jumping and crazy stuff mixed in with yoga and it's like that fast is what I like and mm -hmm. what I want to do but the slow stuff like Jenny's it's the hardest stuff for me to like mm. slow down and and sit with that feeling and which is applicable off the mat as well, <laughs> you know, for my life. So it's, yeah. there's a lot to learn when you paradigm life on and off the mat and compare them. Mm -hmm. uh, at what point did you decide you wanted to get into the teaching portion of it? Um, I was an only child and growing up, I would do exercise videos a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, so like uh, yeah. Kathy Ireland. Uh, yeah. Like or Richard way, Simmons or whatever. Yeah. Like way, like Tybo. I was really big. Into oh, really okay. Uh -huh. So like I always knew I, I kind of had a desire to be a fitness instructor and I started um, more in like the weightlifting world. 
and yoga at the same time, but my focus was in um, weightlifting, worked at the kettlebell club, taught coach CrossFit for a while, like in through the gym life, I just saw, and mind you, I was teaching yoga a little bit here and there along the way. I had the training, but even I would have all these injuries and see these people with all these injuries because they teach you that whatever amount of time you spend in the gym kicking your butt, you need to spend that much time in mobility and recovery and repair Mm -hmm. an equal amount, which hardly anybody does. (laughs) So, yeah. So I stretching before an activity. It's people don't do that. Yeah. I know I don't. Yeah. 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 Everybody running off the greenway trail and sitting down, you know, (laughs) stretching their legs that nobody does. (laughs) But I just kind of saw this need for it. And I had suffered several injuries and I was like, this is stupid um, to keep pushing my body this hard because personally I have a tendency I've had to work on like setting boundaries in my life. Like I've been bad about that and being, Mm. you know, codependent and letting people, you know, so when I exercise those voices in my head and my body that are telling me, Hey, slow down. Hey, you need to stop, uh, do lighter weight. I can ignore those very easily and just push, Mm -hmm. push, push, push. And that's unhealthy. And that results (laughs) in injury. Mm -hmm. So yoga taught me, and is teaching me how to listen to my body and what it's saying Mm -hmm. because in society everything else is so loud that you know more times than not ourself is last and what our body's asking for and needing Mm -hmm. we ignore or we don't hear at all because we're not tuned in so that was all of that path kind of led me into like I want to be a teacher this is the message I want people to understand and try and help people with, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then I think you mentioned that you had some uh, anxiety concerns mm-hmm. and that you somehow stumbled upon yoga. How did that happen? Um, I was going to the pack way back when I was in high school uh-huh. and they had a class there and I was like, I'm going to try this, you know, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to try it. And it just, stuck and there were years I you know didn't do yoga as much and was a crazy teenager and Mm -hmm. you know and then came back and you know but it's always been there you Mm -hmm. know and at different I'd say valleys in my life my yoga practice has been there and for me like I'm a Christian and and that is a whole thing in western Kentucky Christianity and yoga and all that but for (laughs) me when I get on my mat it's very, I'm connecting with my higher power. I'm connecting with God and like listening. It's it's practicing listening. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's why I keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. One uh, thing that I see in exercise and I do a lot of bicycle riding. um, And the one thing that I tell people that I enjoy so much about riding, especially by myself, is like, I'm in control of a lot of things in that moment. Like I can kind of go wherever I want to, just whatever to some degree, you know, I can go whatever speed I need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. That's another way to kind of be paying attention Mm -hmm. to your body and your breath. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think being able to learn how to pay attention to your body also um, leads to being able to pay attention to our minds and our feelings Mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah. more as well. So <clears throat> it kind of gives us that confidence uh, and understanding in how yeah. to be mindful. You know, a lot of these kind of buzzwords I try to avoid because I'm an anti-buzzword person. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. like as a therapist, like in general yeah. pop culture, you kind of like hear people misuse all this. Anyways, I'll yeah. stay off that soapbox for now. But the point <laughs> is being fine. able to <laughs> being able to uh, you know stay in the moment, uh, I think is something yeah. that you can learn from exercise in general, yoga, it sounds like. And I really enjoy uh, part of this podcast is taking off my uh, expert hat and making someone else the expert and yeah you know there's other parts of our life that benefit our mental health besides just coming to therapy and uh, yeah so I definitely want to highlight those and point that out it's not an either or situation by any means yeah it's a, it's a both and so uh, yeah I think part of yoga part of exercise is just being able to have some control over something in the moment being able to mm -hmm. learn how to pay attention to ourself. You know, you were talking about pay attention so you don't injure yourself, <laughs> injure yourself, mm -hmm. you know, paying it, you can kind of transfer that over to the emotional side too. Right. Yeah. I need to pay attention to <clears throat> some things so I don't get my emotional self into trouble. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of the book, the body keeps the score? No, I have not. Um, it's, there's that one and then there's how to heal your life and I do massage and that that is two books we read in school but both of those and there's a lot of teaching like if a person is is feeling grief it's stored in the chest mm -hmm. if a person is feeling fear it's in the low back like there's places that emotions hide our our hips are the junk drawer we call it of the body stress can really mm -hmm. get there so it, and different people hold their stress you know I'll have people come in oh it's in my neck oh it's in my mm -hmm. shoulders I carry my stress here and whatever mental thing we're going through like it doesn't just stay there like it the body is so connected and mm -hmm. symbiotic in that way like it it gets stored these feelings these traumatic experiences these you know, and when we move our bodies, I feel like that's a way of processing trauma, processing, like you can't do one sure. without the other, in my opinion, like that's why dance is so therapeutic. And mm -hmm. it's this freedom of movement. And when you find freedom of movement, mm -hmm. you know, then you have freedom to feel, you know, right. all the things that you need to. There's so many elements to that, the freedom, you know, and then you feel a sense of accomplishment because you're doing something mm -hmm. positive you know there's all kinds of um, layers to that I was just thinking about uh, a client I had experiencing so much stress um, particular aspect of her life and one of the things I would say is all right exercise <laughs> to, what, are we, what kind of exercise can we do talk about that okay go exercise yeah. comes back how are you feeling stress did you exercise no okay <laughs> Yeah. Talk about it. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. All right. Go exercise. Comes back. Do you exercise? No. Okay. Finally, it's like, yeah. went, started to run, exercise, whatever. Comes back. You feeling better? Yes. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> There's some kind of barrier, though. And I yeah. was talking to uh, another guest about this one time. There's some sort of barrier to us in exercising, even though we all know it's good for us. Like, it's like self-sabotage or something. <laughs> it's, it, I, you know, this guest was saying it's kind of like survival 
is we want to be safe and like because mm-hmm. I was saying familiar yeah because I was saying I love riding my bike when I get out of the garage and I get on the saddle like it's awesome but like sometimes <laughs> waking up and walking mm-hmm. downstairs there's a piece of me that just wants to be like you know looking out the window is it raining has it rained like looking for an excuse yeah <laughs> sort of, but I never regret it but and yeah. I've done it a hundred times but you know there's something inside of us that wants to prevent us from doing yeah. something that is obviously healthy for us. Do you have any theories on why that might be the case? I am a big fan of Joe Dispenza and I don't uh-huh. know if you've ever listened to him, but he, if you haven't highly recommend him um, to everyone, he is um, a neuroscientist and he was a triathlon runner and he was in a race, turned a corner, got hit by a truck and was paralyzed healed himself with his mind, refused surgery, spent three months laid up and just in his mind, he would see little worker men fixing his spine. And he has all this documentation and Hmm. all the science stuff. So the way he presents this, it's not just all the froofy Mm -hmm. that our intentions, (laughs) our affirmations, and let's put this out in the universe. It's not just that the secret and all that kind of stuff. Sure. He has the raw data, the the rational analytical mind answers so that when you see it, you're like, oh, this makes so much sense. And he has all these brain scans and he shows you like a thought and a synapse and he, he shows you like this pathway. And if you think about like a wheelbarrow going through dirt and it, it goes over and over in this path and it makes mm-hmm. this rut and it's way easier for the wheelbarrow to go down that path than to hop up off that hill <laughs> and start mm-hmm. a new one. And, and you, he shows you this and he shows you how to rewire your brain and retrain your brain and, and these thoughts that you have. And like, and, and, and I totally get that. I was talking to Colby about that. Um, and I started a new workout thing and I was like, I don't know why it's so hard to just walk into my garage. Like I'm a trainer. I've done this for over (laughs) 10 years. Like why is this? But I get out there and then I'm like, I'm great. But that initial, it's like, there's a hurdle to get over. Yeah. yeah. And I think the hurdle can get smaller and smaller and smaller. And the more things you have on hand, to say, and I think this is applicable to a lot of feelings that come up, the more affirmations or things that you have to say, sentences to be like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm worth this. My health is worth this. My health is a priority, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you say these things, Mm -hmm. then you can get over that hurdle. Mm -hmm. And, but for those that are just stepping into the yoga studio for the first time, um, unless you're a unique person because <laughs> I don't want to blanket statement this, but it's probably going to be awkward and it's probably <laughs> going to be like feeling like the hokey pokey and what in the world's going on. But it, after a couple times you're like, Oh, and it's way easier. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Self-talk. Uh, yeah. The way that I have found <clears throat> is uh something along the lines of you're not going to regret this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never regretted yep. doing this. Yep. And that kind of helps me kind of get myself in gear a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I think that self-talk does make a, a big impact. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's another whole aspect of yoga is the meditation side and, mm-hmm. and that, and what 
you allow to enter your mind. And it's not that you don't ever feel bad, like these yoga people on TV or, you know, or these different monks are just, but it's, it's how long do you stay there? And, and you understand that like how you feel is like picking out your clothes to wear for the day. Like you get to choose and to find that power and control. Like, yeah, it, if someone's dog passes away, like they're going to be sad and they're going to go through grief and they're, but they don't have to stay there for four years. You know, mm-hmm. you have this choice to, you know, find this new feeling. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. A lot of these things are just termed different based mm-hmm. on this what. This isn't <laughs> ancient practice. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of the ancient part of this, um, I was talking with some people about yoga um, and they were like, How, what percentage of this is like culturally appropriated for us Westerners at this point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you were saying earlier, it's like, uh, all right, I'm going to grab my latte and do my yoga and journal and stop yeah. and get my live my life best life sign mm-hmm. from the store. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that does that impact the the practice of it or how do you see like the purity the reverence of it um i've i have been fortunate enough to be able to sit under some world-renowned teachers um at different yoga retreats and stuff and you know the ones that are on the magazines and everything and Mm -hmm. and there's this it's and this might sound kind of proofy but (laughs) there's this energy or passion you would call it that comes across that almost can't be tainted when you're really focused in on you your breath the moment like that process is still pure and there you know Mm -hmm. what I mean um now my a teacher friend of mine that teaches out in Colorado, she spent two months in India. And so she had legit, <laughs> you know, yoga yeah, experience right. out exactly. there. And she said it was life changing and, and monumental in her, her teaching practice and, and what she learned. But I think like culturally we don't live that lifestyle here. So mm-hmm. it would be hard mm-hmm. to, continually do what they do and still be able to function in our society. So I think it's adapted for what it needs to be over here. And that's what I was saying. Some of them are more bougie. Some of them are, you know, are real niche and cute. And, and, Mm -hmm. and that's great for that person, because if that's what it takes to get that person there to lay down and be still to activate, you know, their nervous Mm -hmm. system to calm, you know, to find that breath, because that's why we breathe is to calm the body down and everything starts to be restored. So even if that's dressed up with Lululemon mm. and a latte, <laughs> they're still getting the medicine, you know, and it's, it, as you talk, I, it makes me think one way to say this might be, um, it's packaged a certain way here to be sold a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. capitalism, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. Ultimately it's the same um, you know, content. It's a different package. Yeah. It's the same content though, in a way. And growing maybe. up in church, I, uh-huh. I, I might step on some toes, but 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the modern church does the same thing. Let's have a movie night. Let's have all the glitz and glamour. And they show these cool clips from movies and they Uh have the the media guys now on their payroll. And and that's a whole aspect. So it's keeping up with the times, staying relevant to our Mm -hmm. culture, or it's no longer attractive. And so the core for churches, the core of the message has not changed ancient but they're mm-hmm. dressing it up in a way where people will you know that's take a great the medicine yeah, that's a great point that's a good analogy i think and i'm sure we could come up with lots of other yeah analogies along the way so yeah if you i mean if a person ever <laughs> wants to get really deep in their practice in nashville i think is the closest there's a couple of buddhist monasteries within a couple hours of here mm-hmm. and there's one that's a like a silent place where you don't talk and, and one of our practitioners at the studio Barbara she does singing bowls and she's an amazing woman mm-hmm. um, she goes there often and, and that deepens her practice it's very individual so as much as if you want to tap into culture and ancient and that it's very reverent and you can find that if you want mm-hmm. okay great so you are at true north right yes inside the Coca-Cola Coke plant, plant. For, for the locals here. Most people yep. listening to this are probably locals. Um, yep. Talk about, I know that there's some different styles and different approaches. Um, talk a little bit about what people may find uh, there for different approaches. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what we were just talking about. It made me think of that mm-hmm. too. You know, if you think about ice cream, there's all these different flavors, but it's right, still ice yeah. cream. Sure. So for yoga, it's like you mentioned, Jenny's class, restorative. It's like a guided nap. It's great. You don't ever stand <laughs> yeah. up. You just lay on the floor with all these pillows and you settle in. And the point to a restorative practice, you're stretching cold. You're able, when you hold the pose for a several minutes, like she has you do, you get to stretch muscle, tendon, ligament, fascia. So that takes time to get into these layers mm-hmm. of tissue. And that you don't have enough time in like, a vinyasa class vinyasa is flow mm-hmm. it's movement with breath so you usually have one movement one breath and we cue mm-hmm. you to inhale exhale mm-hmm. and you focus on that breath a lot while you're moving and the postures are linked together so it's more flowy and dancy and mm-hmm. we have that um there's power flow that's like that really fast <laughs> and we throw in <laughs> There's usually a lot of core work and um, more of like an exercise. You're out of breath, you're sweating, um, but you still get moments of stillness and reflection and deep breathing. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And then um, we have like a one-on-one class that I do where we break things down, we talk, we cut up and Mm -hmm. like move your foot almost, you know, and we're all, (laughs) but it's real casual and we're all just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even as long as I've practiced, I still, you know, relearn stuff in that class. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. my ankle could be a little different. This feels this way. And mm-hmm. we have, um, I think, what else we have? Like an intuitive flow. It can slow down. Um, you can, we've had yoga and journaling where you stop and reflect mm-hmm. and write things down with prompts. We've had um, singing bowls, which is, um, sound healing vibrational healing where you know barbers played the bowls and either you just lay there and receive or 
you know, I might teach a class while she's doing that and you're moving through postures hmm. done just breath work classes. Um, and then there's chakras, which is a whole other thing. Energy centers, those practices to try and open up different parts of the body that are blocked. Um, and that's kind of like what I was saying before. If you have grief in your chest, you know, you're going to do postures to really open up and broaden that space and open the heart. Mm -hmm. um, so that's more of like a specific practice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, so there's lots of options, some creative yeah. approaches um, for people to check out and see what's best for them. Obviously the one-on-one class seems like a good place for people to start if they yeah. don't know yeah. anything about yoga or they've only seen yeah. TV yeah. people do yoga or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there's Hatha. Hatha is the last one we have. And that's just moving from one pose to the other. We'll say, okay, we're going to go to this. We're going to go to this. We're going to, you know, standard yoga is kind of a mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, I like taking the expert hat off and exploring different approaches to how people can boost their yeah. mental health. And as yeah. I was saying before, also, it doesn't have to be an either or type deal, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you don't have to say, yoga is my therapy or, you know, that sort of thing. It's like both of those things can exist yeah. at the same time. Yeah. I like to form a toolbox and mm -hmm. I just pick out what tool is available and I need at the moment, you know, and mm -hmm. if that's going on a run, if that's watching a show, what, if that's doing mm -hmm. yoga, whatever it is, you know, it's just another tool. For yeah. Sure. It's supposed to be fun too. <laughs> There's that aspect. Like it can be viewed as such a serious practice. And I've taught um, yoga classes at like the brewery or we've done uh -huh. them on Halloween and dressed up. We did paddleboard yoga all summer where we're on paddle boards and people are flying in the water and that's hilarious. And mm -hmm. you know, like there's this really beautiful thing about being comfortable in your skin and our Thankfully, I think our society recently is trying to, to change that mm -hmm. and, and make that more acceptable. But I think yoga lets you figure out who you are. Like it quiets everything else down so you can figure that out. And it can mm -hmm. look a lot of different ways. And whatever way it looks for you is perfect. And yeah accepting yourself just where you are, you know, no more, no less. And yeah, it's a great, it's a great place to end because that's exactly what we're looking for is having a uh, healthier state of mind mm -hmm. and having that clarity to figure out who you are and mm -hmm. um, what behaviors you should or should not be doing. Um, yeah. It's a great piece of that. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You've inspired me to try yoga again, just so you know. Yes. Yes. You so. should come. This has been Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores how mental health shows up in real life. If you enjoyed this episode and want to find other episodes, we are on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. You can find our website at www.mappinghealthyminds.com. We are also on social media, so give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram, and uh, you'll be able to learn more about the guests and do some engagement about uh, how 
mental health shows up in your life. So uh, if you like the show, also give us a rating. That helps us to reach more people. I'm your host, Justin Lewis, and go out there and find ways to have a healthier state of mind.